This is the New Life Rancho Vista podcast. We are a church committed to loving God, growing together, and serving others. Our prayer and desire is that this message from our campus pastor, Peter Moore, will be a help and an encouragement to you, regardless of where you are in your relationship with Jesus. So let's open our hearts and minds as we turn our attention to the incredible truths God has for us today. We've been reading in our study about the whole armor of God, and I'm so thankful that it's His faithfulness and not my own that I I need to rely on. Uh, But it says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, Ephesians 6.10, and in the power of His might. It's His might not our own, but on the whole armor of God, it's his armor, not our own, that ye may be able to withstand against the wiles or the schemes of the devil. Don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Then the last three weeks, We notice that we have the belt of truth. We have the breastplate of righteousness. We have the battle boots. But then today in verse 16, above all, we take the shield of faith. There's some things we have at salvation. And there's other things that we take up after salvation. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for this uh, study about being battle ready. I pray that we would walk in the victory that you've already given us. Jesus, thank you for dying and rising again for the salvation of our soul and for the victory that is possible in the Christian life. I pray that you'd please help us to understand this topic of faith about the shield of faith in a greater way today as a result of your Holy Spirit guiding us through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. The last few weeks, we've been asking the question, are you ready? Are you battle ready? And we've been asking, are you ready for temptation? Are you ready to surrender? Are you ready for conflict, for uh, confusion? Last week, are you ready for peace? Uh, And this week, I want to ask the question, are you ready for confidence? There's a lack of biblical confidence in the world today, and it's revealed itself in the fact that there is more uh, to be afraid of, and there's more to be less confident about in the, in the world today than ever before. There are things where we thought we were confident, we were pretty sure about things, and now we're like, I don't know who to trust and what to listen to, and there's just some eroding of confidence today. And, you know, I, I was thinking through the biblical confidence and I thought about the verse in Proverbs 3 that says, Be not afraid of sudden fear, neither of the desolation of the wicked when it cometh. For the Lord shall be thy confidence and shall keep thy foot from being taken. And I thought to myself, well, wait a second, we can't be afraid, but there are some things to be afraid of. In fact, God put fear in our heart uh, as a natural preservation for things that would harm us, right? And so that verse is not saying that, that you know, you're never supposed to be afraid, but it is, it is saying that you're supposed to put your fears inside the context of God's confidence Confidence in who he is and what he has said. Again, fear is going to come. Fear is a natural response of seeing something or experiencing something that is worth being afraid of. 
um, a TV company uh, put this to the test when they uh, were testing out how vivid their screens were. And they thought, what if we um, went up in a, in a, high, in a, in a, in a sky rise uh, building and, and uh, instead of a window, we took the window out and we put one of our big screen TVs in there and then we just played something on the screen as if it was happening outside. What would people do? And so they brought people in for these fake interviews and this is what happened. That was very, very cruel, right? <laughs> that was not a meteor hitting the city, uh, but it, they made it feel like. In fact, they shook the built the the room. They uh, they you know put subs by the walls, and they were you know all the all the sound effects, and they really led them to believe that there was a reason to be fearful. And I'm telling you that there are lots of things around us that lead us to believe that we are to be paralyzed by fear. But I will tell you that it's not the absence of fear that brings confidence. It's the presence of truth, the context of truth, the reality that God gives us in his word that gives us the confidence. The awe of God, the greater our God gets in our eyes, the more that our fear is put into perspective. And so that's why in Proverbs 14, 26, it says, the fear of the Lord or the awe of God, the fear of the Lord is strong confidence and his children shall have a refuge, a place of refuge. So you can take all of your fears, all of your anxieties we talked about last week, and you can place them inside the refuge or if we can use it this way, behind the shield of the confidence of God. So we need to ask ourselves, are we ready for this confidence? And if we are, if we're ready to have this confidence, then we need to come to this first question, and that is, what is faith? If it's going to be the shield of faith that gives us confidence, we need to ask the question. It's a very good question to ask, what is faith? And I believe the greatest um, definition of faith is faith is trusting that God is telling the truth. Let's say that first phrase together. Faith is trusting that God is telling the truth. That's at the very core of it what faith is. One author put it that faith is trusting God is telling the truth more than culture and more than an impulse and more than a strong feeling. How many of you told someone, man, I have a really strong feeling about this, right? Like, man, I really think this is right. And listen, we all have strong feelings. We all have strong opinions. We have strong perspectives. But we cannot allow our feelings, our impulses, or even what people are saying around us to trump the truth. There needs to come a point where the truth is our guiding, our, our, what, is, what we're tethered to. And so our feelings often will lie to us. How many of you know that your feelings often lie to you? What, what, how you feel is not necessarily what is true in that moment. In the moment that I showed you on the screen, what they were feeling was a whole facade. It was, it was, it was a total sham. And so we, really we need to step back and say, okay, when I feel something, I'm not going to be motivated to action unless it's aligned with the truth. And so the only way to know whether or not what we're feeling is real or a lie or a sham is by comparing 
how, what we're feeling, our emotions, to the truth. Here's an action item. Let your confidence come from who God is and what he says more than how you feel and what you see. I think that's a, a good way to live your life. And we'll see in, the, in, in, in the, the stories from Adam and Eve and from Jesus how there's something you feel that's different than what God says. And there needs to be a comparing of the two in order to have confidence to move forward. So there's two parts to the shield of faith. I want you to see, and the number, number one part that we see in this, in this verse, verse 16, about the shield of faith is that it is a barrier of belief. It's a barrier of belief. That's what the shield of faith is. It's a barrier that you put around you, your family, your heart, your life. It's a barrier, though, that's made up of belief, of beliefs. Letter A, what are these beliefs? A barrier of belief is a barrier of truth-based convictions. A barrier of truth-based convictions. Now, where do we see this? Well, in verse number of chapter 6 of Ephesians, verse number 16, the first part says, above all, taking the shield of faith. Now, at first, I, I, I used to think that this was, that this is the most important part of the armor of God because it says above all. But in reality, this is a compound word, uh, epipas, which is, which is place this shield over the top of everything else. This is something that's all-encompassing. This is something that you want all around you. You want this shield. So you, you have the boots, you have the belt, you have the breastplate, but above or beyond all of that, you have this shield of faith. It's important to know that that, that that is what it is because it says then taking. This is onalambano, which is the word for grabbing something and lifting it up. In fact, it's also the word that means to hold on to something as if your life depends upon it. All right, have you ever had that moment where you're like, I'm holding on to this, you know, and you, you, you get a, uh, a kid that's scared, what do they do? They latch on, right? They don't they want to let go. Why? That's, that's our natural response. Well, he's, he's painting this picture that says, Hold lightly to what you're feeling and hold tightly to what God's saying. That's, that's the, the, the parallel here in this passage. And the way we see this is, is used all the way through the New Testament. In fact, in 1 Thessalonians 2 and verse 13, it says, For this cause, we thank God without ceasing. Why do we thank God, Paul? He says, because when we receive the word of God, which ye heard of us, Ye received it not as it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth the word of God, which effectually worketh in you that believe. So the word of God is something that we place in front of us. It's it's a conviction that we place uh, as a protection to our heart and our soul. You say, well, okay. So this barrier of belief uh, is made up of these beliefs, these convictions that are based on something. Well, how do we know? what a conviction is. Well, one author put it, John MacArthur put it this way, and here's our key thought. Convictions are the immovable pillars of what we have decided based on what we know is true. Every person in this room has to decide whether or not what God says is true and whether or not you're going to allow it to protect your heart and your life. Now, I've never been in battle, but I have grown up uh, in the Midwest, and we used to have battles in our neighborhood called 
Walnut Wars. Uh, this is a walnut tree and uh, grew up climbing these trees. This is a perfect tree for climbing because it has like the bark that you can grab onto and has perfect limbs. But it was also a gift uh, as, a, as a kid because playing outside was so much fun and, and you, could, you could get a slingshot or whatever and you could uh, take the walnuts off the tree in the, in the spring. They're green. You can see them growing on the tree and then they fall to the ground and they become perfect projectile for shooting at your friends, okay? And uh, so we'd have these walnut wars and there'd be a couple dozen uh, people from the neighborhood, uh, guys and gals uh, that lived around us, our neighbors, and, and we would... We would put these wars together and you would build your fort and, and you know, ca- capture the flag or whatever. And, and, and you'd pick up a, you know, bucket and you'd collect these walnuts. And, and they were about as hard as a golf ball, about the size of a golf ball. And then the war would commence. I'm telling you, you've never had an adrenal rush like you're ro- running across your backyard and these things are whizzing past you, you know, and all you got is a little trash can lid or something to try to protect yourself. I will tell you, there's a lot of angst when something is flying your direction that could possibly hurt you. Now, just as the walnut could could inflict some pain and didn't inflict some pain when I was younger, Satan is throwing things your way, thoughts and, and temptations. He is throwing things your way in order to wound your heart, in order to bring you down uh, in your Christian life, in your Uh, walk with God. And so here's an action item. We need to seek protection, seek total protection against temptation through what? Through daily meditation. You say, how do I develop these convictions? That's the barrier, the shield of faith. How do I develop these? It's through daily meditation. Uh, At the end of the service, we're going to talk about meditation groups and how we're going to be meditating in the scripture one with the other. And it's exciting to know that there's a group of people in this church that just want to be in the Word. Why do we want to be in the Word? Well, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereunto according to thy word, Psalm 119.9 says. He says, with my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. I don't know about you, but sometimes I find myself during the day wandering from the thoughts that God wants me to say, wandering from the scripture, uh, wandering from a principle uh, because of how I'm feeling in a moment. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So it's a barrier that is built up of these convictions but they're not just convictions that are based on your opinions or my opinions. They're convictions that are based on the truth. And the truth, so you have these principles, biblical principles, that are built up, that make up our convictions. But our convictions are only there, are only set so that it'll affect our actions. And that's letter B. That it's a barrier of truth-driven actions. If Our convictions and intentions stay in this room. They are pointless. Let me say it again. If what you believe or say you believe does not affect how you live, you don't really believe it. I don't really believe it. And I know that sounds like really, really harsh. But good intentions are not a life of faith. The actions based on truth are a life of faith. And so that leads us to Not just ask what is faith, but to ask what is a shield of faith? Well, the word shield is uh, thyreos. It's it's a word that meant something that would cover your body. It would generally be 
40 to 50 inches tall, oblong in shape. And it was a barrier that was meant for protection. In fact, it was something that was a a mobile barrier. And that's what this word means. It's a mobile piece of armor that is meant for moving forward. In fact, this is what a Roman shield looks like. The shield or scutum measures about one meter high and weighs six kilograms. It is constructed of three different wooden layers glued together. The shield is covered in linen or leather and painted in bright colors. The edges are protected by metal strips, making the shield more solid. The scutum is lifted with the left hand. The iron shield boss at the front protects the soldier's hand and can be used to punch the enemy in the face. Because the shield is held by a horizontal grip, Placidus can easily maneuver it and use the shield in different ways. Its curved shape provides excellent body coverage. With its helmet, armor, and shield, Placidus is well protected from head to toe. So you see some of the pieces of armor that we've talked about the last few weeks, but it is the shield that provides that external protection. And and notice, uh, you know, I wouldn't have used those words to punch people in the face, but I mean, that's literally what they, how they describe that front of the shield. I mean, they, they would use it as a barrier, but they would also use it as something that pushed them forward. And I think it's interesting that it's not just a defensive piece of armor, it is an offensive piece of armor. It is something that God wants you to use, not just to cower and be safe, but to move forward in your Christian life. And so here's a key thought. The most effective way to live our Christian lives is always through the forward momentum of following Jesus. When we're following Jesus, we're going to be pushing back the darkness. We're going to be pushing forward in our Christian life. We're going to be taking people with us to say, hey, come on. We're going to be pushing back the the forces of evil that we read about earlier. And so the shield, yes, is protection. We'll talk about some of these verses that are listed in your notes about God being the shield and his truth being the shield. But it is is protection of our faith. The word faith is pistos. It means uh, a trust in what is accurate, confidence in what is true. It's a uh, a steadfastness in what is absolute. And it is found, that steadfastness is found in going back to the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, Romans 10, 17 says, and hearing by what? The word of God. The more we are in the word of God, the more confidence we have to know what God's will is and to know how we are to live our day-to-day lives. He is to cover, we are to cover ourselves in the word as a soldier covers himself with the shield I hate vain thoughts, David said in Psalm 119, 113. I am finding a hiding place. He's like, thou art my hiding place and my shield. I hope in thy word. You see, Adam and Eve found that every word of God is pure. It is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. And then he says, add not unto his words. Well, what did Satan say to Adam and Eve? Yea, hath God said, I put it in your notes. Yea, hath God said. And that's the question he's always asking. Does God really true to his word? Is God really good? And and then he just goes right at God's word and says, God hath not said that you will surely die. First, it's questioning God's word. And then it's shooting this 
direct contradiction to his word. And so here's an action item. Don't add man's opinions or culture's opinions or ideas to God-given guidelines of Scripture. Don't, don't let that be the how you mix it in. Well, this is what they say, and this is what God says, and I'll get a little bit of that, and a little bit of this, and a little bit of church. and a li- No, no, no. We need to raise Scripture to, a, to, to where it's meant to be. The church is the pillar in the ground of truth. Something goes on top of a pillar, right? It's raised up. We need to raise the truth in our life to an elevated, a prominent and a preeminent place to to be able to be out of the reach of Satan who wants to distort and wants to deceive us so that he can put weak points in our shield. How do we know that he is trying to put weak points in our shield? Because it says that we are to have the shield of faith that we may be able to not just withstand in the evil day, not just be ready for the, the wiles of the devil, as it says, but notice what it says in verse 16, ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. So number two, it's not just a barrier of belief. It is a defense against deception. It is a defense against deception. And what are the devils, the wicked ones, fiery darts? What are those darts that are being shot at each Christian? And and how can we have the confidence amidst those? Well, letter A, doubts are the doorway to deception. Doubts are the doorway to deception or the window or the weak point. The weak point in any structure are the windows or the doors. And I want you to notice what happens when a when a fight when a soldier a roman soldier or or their enemy during the first century when this is written when they would take an arrow they would dip it into tar that was flammable they would light it and then they would shoot it at the at the the shield of an oncoming enemy now hopefully they would hit the enemy that's what they're that's what they're aiming for but generally they knew that it was going to hit the shield it would then burn a section of the shield, weakening that area of the shield to where the next arrow would find its place in the shield or even through the shield into the soldier. And so it was all about weakening the integrity of these wood shields. They used fiery darts to weaken the integrity of the wood shields. Satan does the same thing when he is placing doubts, when he's placing things around you that's placing the truth in an uncertain or maybe a compromised place. Has God really said that it's wrong to do that or this? Or will this really be a problem in your relationship? Or how, how bad would it be just to stop going to church or stop reading your Bible or you know, you don't have to pray every day. He just shoots those little doubts, those little thoughts, and those literally, literally those fiery darts would hit and they would weaken the integrity of the shield. So the Holy Spirit says we need to quench those fiery darts. And there's a picture of this in Isaiah 21. Isaiah 21 <clears throat> Verse five, it says, prepare the table, uh, which is in the watchtower, eat and drink. So, hey, listen, give the watchman the food and, and water he needs to stay awake and ready to fight. Arise, ye princes, and anoint the shield. 
Now, I love this because this is a picture of what they would do before battle when they knew the fiery arrows were going to come. They would take a shield, the shield that we just saw, the scutum or the, or the uh, thyreos, right? Those, those shields, those different words for the shields. They would take that, <clears throat> they would have these big um, troughs full of this, this anti-retardant fluid and they would coat the outside of their, they would literally soak the outside of their shields with this. And many times they even would put like hide on the outside of the shields that was soaked with this. They would anoint their shields to be ready for the fiery darts. What I want to do as a pastor here in, at New Life is I want to help you to be prepared for today and tomorrow and the next day when Satan starts to, to, to take his arrows and place thoughts and temptations your way, it'll quench the fiery darts of the devil. The word quench literally means to smother, uh, to, to extinguish the fire. And our faith in God and our trust in his word is strengthened when we expose the doubts. When we understand that this fire is going to weaken us, this, these darts are coming for our heart, then we need to expose those doubts. Hiding our doubts is never the, never the way to deal with them. In fact, revealing our doubts to someone who will compare them to the truth is the way that we deal with them. Doubts grow in the dark, but in the light of God's word, our doubts are vanished and our faith is found. We know this because we see what happened to Jesus. Uh, Satan was firing the fiery darts of his temptation at, uh, at Jesus, and Satan was, was trying to get him to place himself first. And he said, why don't you just eat some bread? You haven't eaten for, 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 for 40 days. Certainly you have a desire. Certainly you have a feeling. Certainly you have an impulse to eat. But the Holy Spirit had told him not to eat. The Holy Spirit had led him into that moment of fasting. And to eat would have been putting himself above his mission. And so he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. What was he saying? He was quoting scripture from Deuteronomy saying that I'm not going to put myself above the word of God. I'm going to put the word of God above myself. I'm going to let the word of God extinguish the fiery darts of the devil. He did this on a couple other occasions, but here's my whole point. And here's the action item. Fortify your faith by dousing your doubts in the truth. That's the, that's the idea of this whole verse is you can quench, you can douse, you can put out the fiery darts of temptation, the fiery darts of doubt through the word of God. Man, the more you meditate on the word of God, the more you decide to, to live out the word of God, the more you are going to be able to see God uh, giving you victory through deception and temptation. That leads us to letter B. Letter B is this. Deception is the distortion of the truth. Now, we understand that these fiery darts are, are something that is a projectile. And um, I'm going to ask my son Camden to come up here and help me before we close because these projectiles would have been all sorts of short darts, long darts. We, we think of darts, we think of these, right? These, these little throwing darts. Um, but Cam, bring up the, that, that, uh, uh, that gun and that shield, okay? I want to I wanna, um, have him help me. I have some glasses here as well, so you're, you're good to go. Just come on, come on up. You can bring whatever gun you want. They have a couple Nerf guns. He's going to help me with this. Grab the shield on your way up as well. 
the, the darts that he's shooting at you are not, are not just simple, harmless, you know, little, he's not just lobbing them your way. Satan is strategic in his temptation. How many of you know Satan knows where your weak points are? How many of you know Satan is, is gunning for that little place in your heart and he's gonna use a spouse and a friend and he's gonna use someone close to you to say something to wound you and he's gonna get past your shield and into your heart and he's gonna try to mortally wound you to do what? To get you away from the truth, to get you away from a close fellowship with God. He will do everything he can to try to sidetrack you. He will do everything he can to weaken the integrity of your shield. Those little thoughts that no one knows you think, I'm telling you, they are gonna try to distort your view of the truth. And so he says, take the shield of faith. Do you have some, some bullets? You have some darts? Here we go. Take some darts and put those in there for me. Here you go. I'm gonna put these on just so I don't lose an eye, okay? But this shield is supposed to give me some protection. Now it's not obviously a very thick shield, okay? So go with me here. But just shoot one at that shield right there. Now listen, would it mortally wound me if the shield was down? No. But I'm telling you, you light that on fire, I'm not gonna let it hit me. You, you put even just a little tack on the front of that, that hits wrong and, and you're going to the hospital. Anytime Satan gets you to drop your shield, meaning not place the truth around your heart, your life, your thinking, your family, you are exposing yourself to the temptations that you know are gonna come. So he's given us a way of escape. Thank you, Kim. He's given us a way to overcome temptation, to overcome the wicked one that's mentioned. It's a proper noun. It's not just the wicked. It's the wicked one. And we can be overcomers, overcoming this, de this deception, these doubts that are being fired our direction. And we can have confidence in Jesus Christ, in his victory and in his word. I want to give you the takeaway. And that is, we must be confident in the truth, confident enough to invade our doubts, to push them back with the shield of faith and to be driven by principle-based convictions, to drive back those doubts, to drive back those things that are, are leading us to give up on the truth, to give up on who God is, because of how we feel. I would encourage you today to write down some Bible-based convictions, but don't let them stay there. Pull up the shield of faith, take up the shield of faith and hold on to it because you can be more than conquerors and you can overcome the wicked one, 1 John 2 says, through the word of God that abides in you. The more that it abides in you, the more victory you have in your Christian life. Thanks again for listening. If you would like to learn more about our church or how to get connected, 
check us out online at findnewlife.church or find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook under the handle Find New Life. Have an amazing day.